New year, new you. Still the same old us with the same old cursing problem. You have been warned, content is not suitable for all listeners. Welcome, you're listening to Bewitch Banter. I'm Krista, and I believe that people are inherently shitty. And I'm Amy, and I tend to believe that people are naturally good. But ironically, I'm a super believer in the supernatural and all things spiritual. And I'm a total skeptic. We're best friends, and in this podcast, we're seeking to explore and understand each other's perspectives. A deep dive into the spooky, the spiritual, the magical, and the mystical. And some straight-up spoofs. Today, we are doing Witching Hour story time around some crazy self-care. Cheers to that! Cheers! From our brand new mugs. Yes, we are official today. Erica, Krista's sister, was nice enough to get us some mugs that say Bewitch Banter. So we feel like really official. We're really official. And Amy's got this like awesome new mic set up. Oh yeah, I feel like a badass. We're we're doing things in 22, as we said. And also want to give another little shout out to a baby that was born in my family yesterday. Allie's big sis, Bree, gave birth to little Colin yesterday. Aww. And this little baby, God bless him, he was born with, I think it's, I'm going to screw this up medically, but a transverse heart valve. What does that even mean? Um, so essentially, his poor little heart is pumping blood the wrong way. What? Yeah. And so he's already in the NICU, but he's Aww. in the most, uh, uh, not famous, but the most renowned NICU in the country in Boston. Wow. So he's doing well. Mom's doing well. Babe's doing well. Dad's doing well from what I understand. But I just wanted to say welcome to the world, baby Colin. I've been waiting for this. So everyone who listened to the last episode, you might recall Krista had McDonald's and she was like, not oh, again for a, for a month. Oh, come on. Okay. This girl texts me. She's <laughs> eating Chick-fil-A, <laughs> Jersey Mike's. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll pretend to play along, but I'm not buying that you're not going to have any fast food Damn, for a whole bitch, month. you got to call me out like that. I do because you said it on recording. I was like, you're asking for this. I'm not doing it again for a month. I'm like, okay. Well, okay. I retract that statement clearly because my actions <laughs> showed that yeah, I, I was like, okay. New year. Yeah, definitely. You're going to be a whole ch- new changed person. I am cooking us a very healthy HelloFresh meal for lunch today. Okay, we'll see. I'm. She might pull out some McDonald's from I the oven. I really kind of want Jersey Mike's again, but I'm not doing it. Oh, I wonder. I've been eating so healthy, and so Jersey Mike's is like something I dream about. So oh, sounds so Jersey good. One hundred percent. Anyway, this is our first time recording together, like in person, for almost a month, and it almost didn't happen because Corey was uh, my husband. Which, I, obviously, if you listen, you know who he is at this point. But. Uh, was sick like all week and then so I took a test and he took a test Mm -hmm. and we were waiting and then um I slept in this morning and I opened my email I was like yes I'm negative (laughs) I can we can actually hang out in person because I I'm on zoom like all day for work Mm -hmm. so for me I was like the last thing I want to do is on the weekend be on zoom Zoom. even though it's like a fun fun. yeah yeah, fuck no well yeah and and Obviously, last Sunday, um, we recorded our Tuesday episode where we had to be on Zoom because of me, because I was exposed to COVID with my whole family. So 
uh, to Amy's point, we are here in the flesh and it feels so good. Yes, we, and, we got our mugs. Um, <laughs> our mugs are here. We got, yeah, you know, we're just doing big things besides eating Jersey Mike's and McDonald's, you know. Um, Speak for yourself. I'm like, I'm five <laughs> days into my diet and I'm a better person now. <laughs> Looking down at you. <laughs> you high pollutant, high horse. Me and Corey always used to joke that people like, who diet they half the reason they do it is to like feel like they're better than other people oh no <laughs> well i i would never eat that and just having water for lunch <laughs> it's weird i like just don't get hungry yeah i wish i had that problem if you guys My life are, uh, understand the reference it's totally from selling sunset uh heather that's heather yes and she's like the little mousy blonde that's with the the guy from is he a HGTV. hockey player Nah, the guy from HGTV, whose oh. wife, ex-wife looks exactly like her. Oh, I didn't know. Now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, he's HGTV. I'm he- all interested now because I'm all about my home decor and home stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's thought, like nice and whatever. But like, anyway, she made a whole big stink about how she's just going to have a letter for lunch. <laughs> well, I don't think she made a big deal of it. I think we made a big deal of it because we're like, who the hell goes out to eat and just gets water? Um, Skinny bitches. Like those unsellings. <laughs> which totally goes on theme with my story today, actually, which is perfect. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Some water? Well, not water. Being extremely skinny. It's like totally in line with my story. Oh, I didn't know they did that shit back in the day. Uh, girl, have you not seen a portrait where they're like skinny? I bone? thought they were like voluptuous in the Victoria Depends area. on the time period. So you want me to get into it, basically? Yeah, that's good. good okay. That's good segue. Go well, for first it. of all... Like, even our lifetimes, I was thinking, like, reflecting back about, like, how the media, like, obviously, there's always, like, this body standard of what we should all, like, strive for is always fed to us through, like, commercials, ads. And I was, like, thinking about even in our short lifetime, because on 30 years or so, I don't feel like we're that old on the scheme of things. I was thinking about like how we've had the Kardashian period where it's like this Mm -hmm. alien body with this huge ass boobs, big butt, alien. Like that does not happen happen naturally. Like, well, I feel bad for the young ones, Uh, Kylie and what's the other one? Why? No, no, no. What's the other one? Kendall. Kendall, because they are they're fifteen, fourteen years old, getting fucking surgery already. Oh, but so when they're older, they're gonna be so ugly. Like. They're speaking of alien body and faces. They're gonna they they screwed up their any chance at any natural beauty. I don't know if Kendall has all her has a lot of stuff done. I don't know. One of them already had a fuckload. Well, of she looks like she Kylie, and she looks like she's like fifteen, going on like thirty. Ugh. Oh, but now I heard they're getting their um butt implants taken out. So that is telling me that super skinny is coming back. Oh, great! I liked the voluptuous. I'm a curvy gal. I'm into it too, I'm and a then big, rem- thick woman. So yeah. I, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've like coming out of the womb. I had a big butt. I've always <laughs> had a big butt. Like I, there's nothing I could do to not have a big butt. I certainly do not have a big ass, but I have big hips. I got the nice curvy baby bear and hips. Not that's happening any mofo in time soon, but I'm uh my body's prepared for it. I suppose. Yeah, and then we had like. Calista Flockhart. Oh, yeah. Alec McBeal, anorexic skinny. That shit was scary. Yes. And that's from the 90s. And the reason I'm bringing this up because the body type, like they had different names for each one. And that was named as heroin chick body, if you remember that. Oh. And no, I just, mean, it makes sense. But I don't think I ever heard that. It was like you're like almost disgustingly skinny to the point you're like, 
unhealthy. Yeah, that's but that's what they called it. And when I looked at how they described it, because it was cool to see each body type, they said, "Is it wayfish? 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 Yeah, yeah, like wayfish. Wave. Extremely thin, translucent skin, and androgynous." was androgynous androgynous thank you that was in and i was like even oh that's back now i know but it's just been like such a even like the short time period we've been alive we've seen like different body types like revolving of what i think now what's in is like still being super skinny but like really fit like Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think so? Like super Yeah, fit? no. Um, I finally started watching Queer Eye the other night. Beautiful trans woman, actually. She was, she was very fit, but I yeah. felt that she was still thin. Yeah. She was wearing all those crop tops, but she wasn't – I don't know. Maybe it wasn't like wayfish thin, but she no, was – No, I just thought she was average build okay, probably. But yeah. anyway, uh, I wish I could rock a crop top. Mm-mm. That's my goal for this year. Let's do it. Hawker okay. winner. Hot girl winner. Hot girl winner. And if I don't, who cares? So I was like totally thinking about like how much even I think since we were in high school, like how much things are getting better, like the media representing all different body types. Don't you think so? I think it's starting to. And yeah, you're right. It is. It is. Like the Dove commercial was a huge uh actually case study in in my case for PR marketing back in college when they did that. I was just thinking about like, so growing up, like you would only see fat people or bigger people, I should say. Sorry, fat's not nice. Uh, (laughs) You're like, oh, Amy's trying to be all accepting and then she uses the word fat. Okay. She's she's not our uh, woke one of the group, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) She ain't a woke warrior. Neither am I. I I just like to be cognizant culturally right like i'm not trying to offend anybody i'm not either but <laughs> which yeah i know i'm just kidding <laughs> anyway so like you remember like it'd be like monica she was only from friends mm-hmm. they'd like show her when she was like big oh yeah and alicia silverstone i thought i didn't realize remember how skinny she was yep she Clueless. got bullied all the time from media that she was big what yes isn't that because i was she reading was like- Waif, speaking of that word. Yeah. And uh, she was like saying in an interview at the time, she's like, what kind of example is this giving to women and girls all around the world that you're calling me big? Wow. Good for her. But I think it's getting better. Like, I feel like when you go to Target and lots of other places, Gen Z definitely has been a big part of that. So I will applaud that generation. But I do think they're getting better. Like, with advertisements, you're starting to see people who just look normal. Totally. But remember the SNL skit with the woke jeans? No. Oh you always ask me about this stuff and I'm like, I never. I know. You know what? It's funny. I'm going to reference SNL in another story here. And I actually have a note saying how you're like, you're not going to fucking know this. So why am I asking? But they have like zippers and shit and it's all androgynous and it's hilarious. Okay. I'll take Girlfriend. your word. I'll take your word for it. You got to start watching it. But anyway. I don't know. Sometimes it, I this is unpopular opinion. I will say, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will be like, "What?" I think a lot of times it's really stupid. They have funny stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, "Eh." I mean, yeah, it can, but I don't know. I, they've got some gems up in there. Yeah, they definitely do. They have some really funny skits, but a lot sometimes you're just like, "What am I watching?" But yeah, that's this how I feel me- about British humor, to be honest. Hmm? That's how I feel about British humor. It's so smart, though. Oh. Speaking of, remember how you guys were trying to get us to watch uh, Fleabag? I loved it. Forever. My hairdresser was asking me about it. And he's like, 
because we're talking, he's like, so what are you watching on TV these days? And um, he's like, have you watched Fleabag? I was like, well, to be honest, my best friend and her husband are trying to get me on that for years. But I just said like, and British humor is not my thing. Oh, my God. But then Fleabag. he talked about how it starts with her like getting banged in the ass. And, like, I told you for a reason to watch it. You'll love it. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, that show was... I was so upset. They were supposed to have a season three, and I think for some reason they didn't bring it back. Like, me and all my girlfriends from home absolutely love that show. I'll, I'll give it another shot. It's awesome. I promise It's you like that. more... I love the fact that it's dark, dry humor. It's a little bit morbid. Like, that's totally up my that's alley. you. Yeah. hundred. <laughs> yeah, like, she says some really, like, fucked up things, and it's like... But it's funny. But I I appreciate that. Like well, saying it's, things it's that aren't totally. <laughs> well, I appreciate people saying things sometimes that are not totally like PC all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Our culture right now is obsessed with oh, being yeah. PC. Again, yes, I like to be. You are the woke warrior. Ish. I'm not a woke warrior by any means. By any means. You know how much of a rant I will go on about the students that I teach. Let's uh, not right now. About, But I'm saying, like, <laughs> you know I will, like, as far as, like, the cancel culture piece of it. So I'm not a woke warrior by any means, but I am going to be using proper language. No, I – and I strive for that, definitely. But getting back to our story, because I did have a question. Yeah. Because I'm talking about, like, today in my story, it's going to go over, like – Beauty standards that kind of make people do things like the outlandish things you thought you would never do. Do you have something you look back at in life now and like be like, I can't believe I did that to be considered beautiful or like on trend? Like, is there anything you can think of that you've done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have one example about hair and it was trying to be extra blonde back in the summer. Oh, God. Summer of 69. No, um, I was alive (laughs) then, obviously. Um. The fuck? It was like some sophomore year of high school. So as a re- speaking of trends, I was already pseudo anorexic at that period. So as skinny as fuck because I was obsessively counting calories and working out. So that was one. It was a horrible, horrible time in my life. But uh, at the same time, I was trying to be beautiful by being blonde. And one of my friends was really all about hair and like about beauty and stuff. And so I allowed her to dye my hair. And you, if if any blondes out there know, you don't. Oh, you don't fuck do that. With blonde hair by yourself if you don't know what you're doing. I did that. I had orange hair. Me too. That's the point of my story. I literally so had orange I hair orange for the entire summer. You went, you didn't go get it fixed. No, I went and got it fixed the next week, and it was so expensive because they had to um, put toner all over it to get all mm-hmm. of it to look orange to make it to yep. dye on top of it to make it look okay. Yep. So I, and like- I went dark brunette because oh, I wanted hey. to cover up. It was that time when the zebra stripe uh, highlights were in. Yes, that's what my friend was doing for me. She was with the chunky ass zebra thing. So not only did I have orange hair, but I had orange zebra stripes. Mine was dark brown with the bright blonde, which they did a nice job to that day standards. But now I'm like, oh, my God, that's so uh, early 2000s. Oh, it really is. I got to look fine. I'll find some pics. But that that would be mine that I could think of. Mine is, I because obviously I thought about it, is tanning beds. I can't believe. Oh, yeah. I can't believe I went. Same friend. Her cousin owned a tanning salon and we used to go for free all the time. I just, I actually, part of the reason I did it was it helped clear my acne. So, and I'll never forget, I had a roommate my first year of college. She worked at a tanning salon, not at college, but beforehand. And I went and she, my skin was like burned and somehow, I don't know how I'm smart, but she convinced me that I should go back. So I went back. 
And that night I was laying in bed and all my skin was like tingling as I was falling asleep because was, I was so burned. Ouch. And I was like, I can't believe I used to go because now I never go to a tanning bed. Ugh. One thing I do love, though, is a spray tan. It makes you feel oh, fabulous. Yeah, I've never done that. It makes but, you feel like you lose like 10 pounds instantly. Okay. It's great. Me up. I'm there. But like, yeah, no, we did that all the time. And I'll never forget getting off that trend because I saw this expose essentially on, um, they did like a, I don't know, some beauty magazine did a, an expose on the, the uh, impacts of tanning. And this beautiful 12-year-old model. And they did her face normally as mm-hmm. a photography. And then they did like, I think it was like a UV yeah. photo. And her whole face was spotted with sunspots. Oh, I'm screwed. And that's we how live I in... stopped going to tanning beds. Yeah. I'm we're screwed because we live in Arizona. Like Oh look, I got the wrinkles here already. Well you can't escape the sun here. Like what is it, three hundred days of sunshine? Mm-hmm. I do put sunscreen on my face every day, but still I feel like we're screwed. Oh we are. Like there's this video that was trending around and I loved it. It was like talking about millennials and it's like you can't really hurt my feelings because I was <laughs> grew up wearing those low rise jeans. Oh my Remember god! Remember those that things? Trend. Holy shit! Those better not come back. That, no, and my body type needs high rise. Cup, you know, suck it all in. <laughs> so yes, I do very much. Oh my god! And then your ass would always be hanging out with the thong. Oh, that's why my family called me butt crack Bob growing up because my butt was <laughs> my butt crack was always hanging out. And then my other friend in high school was con- convinced oh that me and her had high butt crack. She's like, I think our butt cracks go a little bit higher than everyone else's, and that's why it sticks out Jen? all the time. No, it was another friend. Really? I, I just, feel like Jen would say something like that. I was like, I don't really know if that like people have higher or lower butt cracks, but I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I know you come to this podcast to hear really intelligent thoughts here about high butt cracks and. Yeah. But I'm gonna get into it, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Victorian era, right? Yes. So during the Victorian times, you were considered to be in vogue or on trend. If you were a woman to appear, appear to look like you had tuberculosis. So, Ew. So, I mean, but think about this. We have the 90s where you want to look like a heroin chick. True. Ew, okay. to that too. Well, so TB, what do you look like? Do you just look like? Well, well I'll get into it. Okay. Like, it's probably most of my story. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Good question. Good question. Yeah. So during the Victorian times, tuberculosis or TB was often referred to the following. Uh, They called it the white plague consumption. And the reason they called it consumption is because uh, it was called a consumption body type, right? Interesting. And it's because almost as the disease was consuming and eating the body away. Okay. But that's the type of body type everyone wanted. Well, again, not far from our 90s standards. And they refer to it as, which I'm going to totally mess this up, but I think it's, I would say... Physis, scrofula, and hectic fever, fever, and graveyard cough. And tuberculosis was most rampant for over 100 years, starting in 1750, and it killed over 25% of the population in Europe. And its biggest target was young people. Okay. And they estimate that TB has killed over 1.4 million people. Oh, my gosh. Is that just in Europe or worldwide? I need to check that because I thought it was over time. And, oh, I, okay. and but you have to remember the population was a lot less than that's true. So it's probably but a still big, that's a lot of people. Yeah, to quote unquote consume. And I know if we talked about this at length, we've had like conversations like when is COVID going away? Oh fucking COVID! And I remember the time when we I was like, I remember vividly having a conversation. I was like, if this lasts three months, I will never last at home. 
like a year mm-hmm. later, <laughs> yep. still at home. But well, I just remember us, and then we talked about this too, just slacking frantically, like freaking out before ever anyone really knew what was going on. Yeah, that and was we were a scary. Like, oh my t- god, that was a scary time. But I thought this was really fascinating. So they found skeletal deformities that uh, typically would be caused by TB in Egyptian mummies. So the t- Whoa, so that's just been around. Yes, and that dates back to 2400 BC. So Damn. it's been around a long time. So when we're asking how long COVID's going to be around. Oh, God. Not to make everyone like depressed. Like forever. God damn it. Tuberculosis really didn't peak till the 19th and 20th century. Okay. So during the Victorian era. And this was mostly due to poor sanitation and okay, overcrowding in industrialized countries. Got it. So it was more in the developed countries. And for this reason, several members of the urban working class were like targets of the disease. Mm-hmm. And TB was basically described as the ideal disease during the Victorian period. So during this time, yeah. it was seen as the disease of like the smart, the rich, and the respectable. What? So it's well, really- I'm sorry. What disease has ever considered that? You know, who- it's very romanticized. Interesting. Yes. And they believed uh, that it was something people were born with. So it's not something at this point, they didn't have germ theory and right. they didn't know at the time it was being passed from like person to person, okay. like we know with COVID. And they believe like in- they had insane theories because they also didn't have science back then to back things up. Mm-hmm. But they believe like if you dance too much, too much, <laughs> or if you had like too much mental exertion, you could. It would bring the disease forward. And yeah, it's for the smart people? That doesn't make sense. Well, the reason they think this is because a lot of famous poets and people who are considered geniuses actually passed away from the disease. Okay. All right. So this is kind of where it starts to build this trend. They're like, oh, this really amazing poet is getting this disease. Like, oh, you must be smart if you have this. Okay. And they also thought it could come from bad air. So there's a lot of different, obviously like COVID, lots of rumors flying around. Where does this come from? It was obviously considered ideal because, to answer your question, cholera or the pl- or if you had the plague, you're basically going to be shitting your brain out. Yeah. A lot of people's skin would turn like a bluish gray. Oh. So, obviously, Ooh-la. you're not going to look very pretty. So, TB was kind of the opposite of that. Oh. So, co- so consumption, which they call TB, it's not an instant killer. Like, people uh, die very slowly. And a lot of times, like, their mind's still intact. Okay. And the external body, you would have symptoms, but it would look like you were just functioning just fine. Hmm. And when women who were considered as upper class had TB, it was associated with being like fragile, feminine, sexually attractive. But of course, when poor people had it, it was definitely not viewed this way. Of course. It was kind of viewed as being like gross. Hmm. And TB would cause people to have almost like a skeletal body type, defined clavicles, White, pale skin, rosy cheeks, and red lips. So imagine like any typical Victorian painting. Oh, yes, yes. I'm seeing it right now. And you had all this because you had a constant fever. So it's oh not like... Oh my God, that sounds horrible. I know. No, thank you. And this is pretty much what they were striving for to look like they were on their deathbed. Like a, almost like a doll, like a porcelain doll. Yes, but it's almost... I think it plays a lot uh into females it's like even today we have this where it's like keep them small keep them little keep their voices make them fragile because if you keep us physically small then you'll keep our voices small too well fuck that 
not this gal. Let me tell you what. I'm big. I'm loud. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I like, own it. <laughs> and I feel like it's been like sexualized. The whole like being really small is attractive, and that's yeah, kind of what it's gross. It's, it's like a form of infantilizing. Yeah, and that's kind of what TB did in a way. Yeah. And through popular culture, such as like por- famous portraits, novels, plays, and operas, the disease was really romanticized. Like you have to think about famous poets, like okay, the picture okay, right. paintings I was talking mm-hmm. about. And it was really the t- disease and the symptoms was associated with being feminine. Okay. And in an article that was published in the Ladies Magazine in 1790, they informed their readers the following, quote, in the last stage of consumption, a lady may exhibit the roses and li- lilies of youth and health and be admired for her complexion the day she is buried. Oh, my God. That's so gr- I My God, nasty chills. Like, I, ew. But it's like, okay. Girls, now you just need to look like you're halfway to your deathbed. Put one foot in. And we'll just push you over when we're ready. But as long as you're pretty, that's all that matters. Oh, my God. Yeah, as long as you die, beautiful. Fuck you. But I feel like this seems outlandish, but it's like our culture is just as bad. Yeah, it is. But so what did they do with men? Like we're men. You know how on news men can be silver foxes Mm -hmm. and have their salt and pepper? Women, God, nope. God forbid. Like you can't be old. You can't have wrinkles. And by the way, most anchors have to pee unless you're on national networks, have to pee for their own fitness and hair and clothes. Men were slightly impacted. They were... Like, would it have the opposite effect where, like, they're too feminine? Like, do you know what I mean? No, that's a good question. I don't... I know a little bit. I only know that they really commented on their facial hair. I don't know what if they... Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Most of the articles I read, it was all centered around women. So it makes me feel like men... Once again, got away unscathed with any beauty standards or expectations. Of course. Of course. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming not because I didn't. It was you think they would have mentioned it in the multiple stories I read. Right. Basically, if you're not one of the lucky ones considered beautiful from dying from TB, right? Mm -hmm. You're healthy. (laughs) God forbid. Lucky one. (laughs) You ugly bitch. You healthy. (laughs) Uh, And you wanted to fit in. They like they they would use makeup to have like the consumptive chick chick look. So consumptive is like a calling, and they would put bright red lipstick on, make. Uh, have really pale foundation. They actually would sometimes use chemicals like arsenic to achieve the pale complexion. In this part, I was like, oh, thank God I didn't live during the Victorian time. But they would wear uh, corsets to have the appearance of being extremely skinny. Mm -hmm. That I remember. And these corsets were so tight. Like we all know it causes shortness of breath. Breaks ribs. Yes. And sometimes it would even displace their internal organs. Hell no. Nope. That's where you lose me immediately. I'm good with my curves. Thank you very much. Mm -mm. So this all dramatically changed though when a German physician, Robert Koch, or Koch, I don't know which one. I'm going to say coach. You know which one I'll take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he came, made the discovery and he found coach. out that TB was basically something that didn't happen naturally, but it was caused by bacteria. And so as soon as this information was like made mainstream and people knew about it, because I'm sure things didn't travel, news didn't travel as fast as mm-hmm. it does now. And no longer was like the ideal disease for the rich and the famous. This soon became associated with like the disease of the poor or the disease of, like, the immigrants and minorities who lived in, like, these crowded homes mm-hmm. and, like, in la- less sanitary conditions. See, that's what I was thinking of. 
but I had no idea this pre-period of the wealthy. Wow. Yeah, and it's really interesting because this is the first time that health really became a marker of privilege, which you talked about in your like the psychology and how like self-care started. This is really the first time that changed. Got it. And so we know all, we all know that there is health campaign efforts that have been seen the past two years. Wear masks, wash your hands. So they had their own health campaigns and they're pretty weird. Um, So one of the first large scale American and European public health campaigns stated that women needed to stop wearing long trailing skirts, that these skirts were sweeping up the germs and women were responsible for bringing home the disease. Oh, of course we are. Who else would it be? Right. (laughs) God forbid. It's all the women. And it's not the men who were likely the engineers of the time not providing proper fucking sewage. I can't. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> Make sure you wear a dress that only goes to your ankle when you go get the ingredients. Oh, beyond your ankle. You better not show a fucking toe. Anyway, so yes, that is when it changed to that they should only wear dresses to Bitch, their ankles. Bitch, make me a sandwich. You tell me, tell me, make you a sandwich. We'll see what the fuck happens. <laughs> no. Make me a sandwich. Wear an ankle length dress. Oh my God. And a corset where you can't breathe. Oh, okay, <laughs> let me move on. Uh, and th- so it changed everything. It changed how people decorated their homes, how they started dressing. So originally, they would wear dresses made of really like thin, opaque fabric. Okay. And they started to wear what I imagine like a really starchy, thicker fabric because they thought it would help protect them more from bacteria, basically, mm-hmm. and germs. And I'm sure uh, every woman was like, Thank God they made this discovery because uh, corsets soon became another target of the public health campaign. It was actually believed that corsets made symptoms of TB worse because it limited the movement of the lungs and circulation of blood. Thank God they actually thought of the woman and decided to make corsets with elastic fabric. Like, why didn't they do that to begin with? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because wasn't it whalebone? It might have been. I think that's what I remember from history class. But it basically only took people dying for women to be allowed to feel more comfortable. Heaven oh, forbid. God forbid. But this know? answers your question. I was trying to remember this. But yeah, men's fashion was also impacted. So it was fashionable before this for a man to have like a big beard, like I said, the facial mm-hmm. skin or facial hair, not facial skin, mustache and sideburns. It was soon da- dangerous to have facial hair. Right, because of the disease and bacteria, right? And I love this quote. An American doctor named Edwin Bowers was quoted in McClure's magazine saying the following, There is no way of computing the number of bacteria and noxious germs that may lurk in the Amazon and jungles of a well-whiskered face, but their number must be legion. (laughs) Legion. I love it. I was like, damn, to read magazines back then. But it even changed, like I said, interior, like how people decorate their homes. So before this, like we can all imagine the long, like ornate curtains, the overstuffed chairs, Mm -hmm. uh, carpet everywhere. Quickly, like the upper class was like, okay, this is like a breeding zone. Or that's what they thought, at least. Mm -hmm. So they soon. Kind of could be. Yeah. So they soon replaced a lot of the carpets, got rid of the draperies and like had hardwood floors. Beautiful. Back in trend. (laughs) Yeah, more my style. (laughs) But that is a wrap on tuberculosis being the pinnacle of what a woman or maybe a man look like. And basically, it's just a reminder, fuck beauty and health standards because they are totally messed up. 
Yeah, and we'll get into this in mind, but beauty uh, comes from within, as we know, as cheesy as that is, because we've all been sold this bullshit idea of external beauty matching, supposedly having to match your insides. So let me start by saying, if you're wondering what the fuck goop is out there, listeners, I'm right there with you. Uh, In fact, I even titled my notes, what the fuck is goop? (laughs) So I know goop personally. I was going to say, sounds like Amy knows. Well, I watched, she has a documentary um, about goop. And to be honest, I loved it. Uh-oh. I know, I know, I know. There's a lot of controversial things about Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, and I don't agree with what she does, but I bet if you watch it, you'll be sucked in. Because they do some weird, like, I just like, thought it was so fascinating to me how they just do, like, trial runs on different health things. And she tried, can never say, what's that thing where people go to, like, South America, the drug? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. That was one of the episodes. Oh, she did it? She didn't. She sent her assistants. Oh, of course. Of course she did. But they it. wanted to. Mm-hmm. No, as a, uh, that's funny that she sent her assistants because as I'm going to get into, uh, she is known as maybe being a harsh boss. And I'll get into that in a second. But I kind of knew that a little bit. Um, let's start with the name. For those of you who don't know or have not seen the documentary on Netflix, I have not yet either. I'll be very frank. I didn't take the time to watch it for this piece, but... Watch it tonight. I will. So you can tell us next week what you think. I will. I'm very curious to see if I'll actually like it after this research. You know what I mean? Because you said you liked it, so... I liked it, but I didn't know any of the stuff you're about to tell me. I hope not. You might. But uh, let's start with the name. If it's not covered in the documentary, I hope not, but... uh, does it stand for anything or any of its products? Uh, like her vagina smelling candle? Oh, yeah. We'll get to that for sure. That's the most notorious one on top of the vagina eggs, which is re- fucking ridiculous. But, you know, goop to me sounds like what might some of her products might actually be. That's why I thought it was called goop. <laughs> like slap some goop on your face yeah. or up your vagina. Um, but actually, no. Paltrow being more than just a pretty face is actually a pretty damn smart business lady. Um, Well, GP, Gwyneth Paltrow. Exactly. And we're going to call her GP from here on out. So when founding the company, she consulted uh, apparently a world-famous designer and photog turned branding legend named Peter Arnell. And he's worked on brands like Chrysler, PepsiCo, Reebok, Donna Karen, and Unilever. And GP... And he told GP, rather, that all online companies who are successful have double O's in their name, probably akinning it to Google. So taking... Oh, interesting. Yeah, taking the OO, uh, she simply added her initials GP as bookends to oh, make Google. what other companies have double O's? Uh, Google's the only one I can think of. There has to be plenty. Zoodles or... I don't Zoodles, know. What I don't else? think that is one. What else? Besides Google, I don't honestly know. Anyway, we're not alone, though, in asking what the fuck is Goop. So much so that the company was parodied not just once, but twice on SNL. So, oh, I know, I totally knew they would make fun of her. And, oh, like, yeah. What she was, I mean, it's she's an easy target if you watch the documentary. Absolutely. I mean, so I know, again, you don't watch SNL nearly as often as Corey and I do. Um, so here's a bit of the recap of the two skits and a little quote from Pop Sugar. 
to kind of recap them. If you don't understand half the Goop products you read about, don't worry. Neither does Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, at least not uh, was the case was she when she played Goop manager Pfeiffer James for a hilarious SNL weekend update sketch on March 9th. So the first skit aired on season 44 in October and it, in 2018. And Heidi Gardner, who's a blonde, well, one of the many, but she uh, plays <laughs> the staff, Goop staffer Baskin Jones. And she's on with Michael Che to do a Goop skincare uh, promo. And Che jokes with her. She's like, oh, well, are you nervous? Gwyneth's watching. And she goes on to try to talk about how the products are cruelty free because they don't test products on animals, but they test them on staff. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden he keeps like jabbing her and she's like, Gwyneth's watching. And then she like loses her words and gets super nervous and like totally panics. And then Michael Che is like, is Gwyneth a hard person to work for? And she goes, no, but she's shaking her head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was really, really funny. And then later in that season, Gwyneth uh, comes on again, or excuse me, Heidi Garner comes on again as Baskin Jones. And then there's the surprise cameo by Gwyneth herself who plays Cypher, which is supposedly this staff member's supervisor. And the, speaking of ashwagandha, or no, that was ayahuasca. They talk yeah. about ashwagandha and they couldn't even like describe what it was. And so <laughs> they're like, let me describe to you what salt is instead. And then she called it Wakanda, like the movie Black Panther oh. <laughs> instead. Anyway, it was really fucking funny. And they um, were like, Gwyneth doesn't believe in firing. She believes in conscious unemploying. And that's an Oh my God, that, that's so, that, is, that is so goop. Yeah. Well, like I only know from the, they do some weird stuff in the documentary or documentary. There's like one where it's like energy healing. So there, this guy would come and they would lay on a flat surface, like kind of like a massage chair, if you imagine. And the guy would hold, hover his hand and he said he was like healing them with energy. And oh, then boy. the employees were like convulsing and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the shit I can't get. Talk behind. about mob mentality shit, right? Like we no. got to watch it still. OK. I absolutely will. But anyway, at the end, they ask what Goop stands for. And it says, Gwyneth opens our paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. And also, the conscious unemploying is an homage to her book, Conscious Uncoupling, from her divorce from Coplay's lead singer, Chris Martin. Oh, yeah. I forgot they were married. And essentially, it's celebrity lingo for divorce. Divorce. So essentially, I have gone through conscious uncoupling. <laughs> most I love it. I thought it was pretty down to earth of GP to actually make fun of herself like that so publicly. She actually starred in Saturday Night. Yeah, so she played Baskin Jones' supervisor in that second skit. Oh, as gotcha. Her, okay. Not I, as herself, but Gwyneth. I missed that part. Uh, was playing the supervisor oh, Okay. as a follow-up. So she was just making fun of herself, which I thought was... Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I would agree. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, then what the hell is the point? Yeah, definitely. Despite me not agreeing at all with her promotion of pseudoscience bullshit, I think, you know, at least she's a funny actress-ish. Mm-hmm. I love, I used to love Sliding Doors. Oh, never seen that. What? What's that? It's so cool. It's a movie where she, it's all based on like a chain of events. So she... I think she lost her job or she got sent home and she runs to the metro and the door shut, right? Mm-hmm. And it, from that scene, it tells you what her life would have been like. And then the 
The other scene is her getting into the metro on time. She gets home, finds out her husband's cheating on her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just like the sec one second, how it could change your whole life. That's kind of the oh, premise of the movie. Oh, that's very cool premise. Okay. It was a good, well, I say it's a good movie. I thought it was good in high school. So let me put that No, but there. the premise is cool. Yeah. You know, who knows how the night, like speaking of 90s references, you know, we were super corny back then. But I think I thought it was really down to earth of GP to show up like that. Um, Her website for Goop, by the way, is beautifully designed and it's broken up into a few categories. So read, cook, shop, travel, and listen because she also has a podcast. Okay. Not surprised. Everyone has a podcast now. But in regard to, exactly, look at us, fucking A. I was so mad when my parents were like, I mean, obviously they're very supportive of us, but they were like, everyone and their brother has a podcast now. And I'm like, Yep, I know. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. We joined the club. <laughs> in in regards to reading and cooking on Goop's site, I had absolutely no idea that Goop started out of GP's home as a newsletter. Oh, I'm not surprised, really. Um, And this was in 2008. So Goop, it did have humble and playful origins as a nutritional health newsletter, it began to then continue to expand into health and wellness through food and cooking, and even brought readers so close to GP's life through her travels. So she then embedded travel in there, which is really cool because of, of her amazing life as a celebrity. She gets to do pretty rad shit, right? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so there's a lot of her images of her around the world and traveling and doing really cool shit that we all wish we could do. But by, this is where I start to get into some, I don't know about it. Uh, By 2009, Goop had almost, uh, or the newsletter had almost 150,000 subscribers. And that's where we enter the shop part. And commercialization, geez. That's where we enter the shop and the commercialization that I kind of spoke about on Tuesday in this whole wellness sphere. Again, in 2009, Goop dove headfirst into e-commerce wellness worldwide with branded vitamins, fashion, and housewares to start. And again, at first, this was relatively on par for celebrity influencers, right? We all mm-hmm. know celebrities have a brand or, or perfume, perfume. They all have their own a clothing perfume. line. What the fuck have you? They've got something, right? What would you call your perfume line? Mm. The womanizer? Oh, great idea. I have yet to pick that up. Wink, wink. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. Let me think about that one. I would have, yeah, I'll think about it while you're talking. Okay. So in 2014, Goop dove headfirst into e-commerce, wellness, again, influencers type vibe. First, relatively on par. Like I said, they just sl- celebrities slap their name on everyday items, right? Mm-hmm. Like Martha Stewart and Target and the what's their name Joanna Gaines and Target I think it also seemed genuine in its origins claiming to quote empower women read again here mostly white women white wealthy women well yeah I think her vagina smelling candles like 40 bucks or oh, 30 yeah, bucks we'll get to those prices here in a hot second it claimed to quote empower women to take control of their well-being mind body and spirit end quote and at this time Goop, uh, as a blog and newsletter, had already garnered th- that really strong following. So among these women who read and followed the cooking, the travel, the fashion recommendations, they were loyal, rabid GP followers. And they really wanted to experience that quote-unquote perfect GP lifestyle. And again, seemingly harmless branding at first. And it's dubbed on the website as a modern lifestyle brand till this day. And that has brought us revolutionary products, which we're going to get into. What what could be so wrong with household products, you ask? 
Well, here are some of the wild out there products that really, really prey on women um, seeking solutions for their own health. Uh, some others besides the vagina scented candle to note are the psychic vampire vampire repellent spray. Oh, I read about this. Yes. Yeah, for yes. 27 bucks. The Glacé Rose Quartz Bottle, 80 bucks. So you're telling me she needs to sponsor our podcast. Yeah. No. Because I did a vampire episode. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I, totally on theme. I cannot with the, the uh, pseudoscience part of it. But No, I'm just you kidding. Know what I but mean? it sounds on theme for like, us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the bottle with the piece of quartz, quartz rather, it looks like a big dick in the middle of your water bottle, frankly. Um, or like a... What is a water bottle with quartz? Mm-hmm, like a big crystal of quartz. So, you know, think of like a like hmm. crystal. Is that healthy? Um, to have your water soaking in that? We'll get into it. Uh, the end, the Goop Jade Vaginal Egg for 66 yes. bucks. 66 bucks. 66 bucks. Can you just put a rock Putting up there? Putting a piece of jade in your pooch. Can you just put like a polished rock? I mean, you could. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I'm not going to, but I'm just saying for six <laughs> will not save endorse yourself, that shit. Save yourself a buck or two. And, of course, the vagina-scented candle. So, while these medical and, like, yeah, so you could. You could just stick a rock up there. Amy. We'll make it polished. I would hope so. Yeah. Oof, ouch. But, yeah, the egg The egg looks in the photo. I'll put that on our pics. How it's- big of an egg are we talking? Like a normal size egg? Uh-huh. Right up your cooch. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Supposed to help with hormone imbalances, your menstrual strike. Oh my god, come on. Yep, those were the claims. No, which way. is such bullshit. And while those in the medical and scientific community know, just like we do, that this is all bullshit at best, and at worst, it's pseudoscience. As I said, Goop's whack ass products are ranking it in for GP. And in the 2019, despite it being pseudoscience, in 2019, the company is estimated to have hit $225 million in revenue just a few years after raising enough venture capital money to go even bigger than it was. I wonder how many people bought those jade eggs. I know. I really would love that. But it's a private company. So actually, we don't even know like what its actual valuation is because they don't they're not liable to publicly um Share that information. Share, exactly. If you have a jade egg, message me. Yeah, right. DM um, me. And did it work? Don't DM me pictures. <laughs> oh my god, I'll never forget. <laughs> this is a, this is a uh, what do you call it? Not a shout out. Well, oh I god. joined Twitter, and some reason I don't know what it had to do with my profile, but all of a sudden I had people sending me pictures of their buttholes. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? I like didn't want to open my <laughs> Twitter anymore. <laughs> and I told my friend Patrick, I was you like. Never told Yes, they would spread their they would spread their butt cheeks and then send me a picture of their butthole. Why was I a victim to buttholes? Oh my god, I'm dying. Why? I have no idea. Patrick told me to change my profile picture. Was it gay Twitter? No, I was just on regular Twitter, and I was like, like, I can't. (laughs) I was randomly having people send me pictures of their buttholes. Oh my god, Ames, what the? I'm scarred. (laughs) I don't know what about my dick pic. Like what? An unsolicited dick. Well, that's a little different than someone saying. I was oh like, "What does God, my I'm profile dying. picture say about me that I look like I want to look at a butthole?" <laughs> I can't even continue because I'm so oh, and they were like dying. pasty white, and I don't know. I glanced at it for a second. It was gay like, Twitter. You got somehow in. I swear that's what happened. How? There's, there's black Twitter and there's I was gay like tweeting Twitter. normal things. I don't know. 
This is not an oh invitation God, for y'all either. That you're gonna get bleach bow <laughs> pics immediately. Oh. Like, I don't like your podcast. Let me send you a picture of my butthole. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Just a few years after raising enough venture capital, they already hit 225 million. And according to uh, one of my sources. One they- of your sources? You have a secret investigator <laughs> on Goop? You have that kind of money? <laughs> Bewitch Bander has zero profit dollars at this moment. Oh, my God. We're in the negative. We are in the red, as you actually, pointed have- out to us. <laughs> actually, we have someone. We actually have like probably $8 because that guy, the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jerry. We need more. So please. Uh, <laughs> That's a nice reminder to support our asses. Our yes, ass thank you. Holes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, we would love your support. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Quote, Goop embodies the extremes of wellness culture and pseudoscience permeating into mainstream adoption. And quote that's why it's so dangerous obviously and that's very much what i talked about on tuesday where you have the celebrity cachet you know so people are already obsessed with gp and then her loyal fans are seeking this again perfect gp lifestyle and unfortunately this 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 marketing was genius because the the fans proved that they were still willing to spend crazy amounts of money on everyday bullshit or crazy shit mm-hmm. like the vaginal egg well marketing is like can be the devil because they're so smart with how they girl i mean i have been so sucked into some products you just look at it and you're like the way they just like genius can, it's almost like you sit there sometimes and you look at a product you're like oh my god my life is gonna be changed with this oh yeah like that's they, some good they ass are geniuses in advertising absolutely you're done drapers of the world out there for sure and it's or really Daniela dangerous drapers. Mm, I'm on my Don Japer couch, by the way. I'm loving it. My Our new pod loft in my apartment is a very Mad Men era. I wish Don Japer was actually sitting on it, but that's another story. Uh, so anyway, one final item that's batshit. A $725 pajama set. $725? For a fucking pair of pajamas. Wow. Yeah. Are they made out of like gold thread? Uh, or her fucking pubes. I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's ridiculous is the point. So many times we hear about, like, these insane products and we laugh it off, right? But GP and Goop, unfortunately, provide legitimacy. And again, this is so hazardous because all their claims actively propel, like, this this pseudoscience that these products actually work and they're now flooded into the mainstream of all these white rich women wanting to cure whatever the fuck ailment they have. Well, she's had a lot of lawsuits, right? Yes. I'm going to get into a couple okay. of them. I yeah. Like, yeah. I know she's had some lawsuits. Yes. And th- that controversy is rampant. So aside from exploiting women's concerns and curiosity about their health and well-being um, with the outrageous prices, to me, like the real sticker shock um, is within Goop's claims that it can, quote, heal whatever ailments the customer is seeking. Uh, what kind of ailments are they seeking? 
Um, so your hair, your your period, for example, with the with the vaginal egg. So what is the vaginal egg supposed to do for you? It's supposed to like help with hormone imbalances. Oh, that's right. And, okay. And, and, and mental okay, cycle and that would help pain. with like cramps, PMS. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and they're promoting these unrealistic beauty uh, standards to be miracle cures and. It still does that to this day, as we know. And the company, unfortunately, is really viable commercially um, because it began to promise that its products could do way more than what science could ever prove. And that's where she gets into the trouble. So she made headlines with that said vaginal egg in September 2018 over its legal troubles. So it said – the company said that this egg could balance hormones through crystals – Oh like, my god. Holy shit, my sister. Shout out sis, you must be screaming by now. This lawsuit though was settled for only 145k, which is legit fucking pennies. Well, you said she's worth 225 million. Million. And that's the only goop, right? God knows her acting, yeah. you know, bill, right? Like mm-hmm. she's got that shit too. So, 145k is legit pennies for a celebrity like her. Wow. Yeah, that's like nothing. And it's kind of like when they penalize like Chase Bank. I forgot what they did, but like I remember it's just a drop, like a, is it a drop in the bucket? Yeah, drop in the bucket. Oh, here's the egg, by the way. Yeah, a normal size looking egg, but it's made of jade and you're supposed to stick. Oh, here's your answer. Length, 1.57 inches with 1.18 inches. Well, Eggs are pre-drilled for string and add-on. We recommend using unwaxed dental floss. Oh my god! No! 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 Yeah, Ugh, that's what the, the product that gives says. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. Honestly, it's like what the fuck. Well, have you heard about how people have used jade for teething for kids? No, they what's put this? jade as a, like a necklace, and somehow it's supposed to help with teething. But actually, what's happened is it became a choking hazard, and I think it strangled and killed some kids. <gasps> Oh, my God. That's really sad. Yeah. So all you hippy-dippy people and your crystals, you need to calm down. I mean, listen. You know, I I got my incense going right now. But, like, I'm not going to put a crystal on my baby. You're not going to put a crystal up your vajayjay? Or I'm like, hell no. No. Okay. Mm -mm. I'm good. You have some limits. I've got some hard lines. (laughs) You know, I really do. Even though I love metaphysical shit. But... This what pisses me off the most, though, of course, as a PR woman, the statements by the company to address these quote unquote like false mm-hmm. marketing claims are this. Oh, it makes me so mad. Quote, as we have always explained, and our, our advice and recommendations included on Goop are not quote unquote formal endorsements, said a Goop spokesperson. Doubling down on that bullshit ass statement is Paltrow herself having said, Goop's recommendations of product listings and information about fringe health services such as the vaginal steaming, oh my god, fucking vaginal steaming, are free and always have been, end quote. So I'm not sure why the fuck GP thought like saying that these these free advice, quote unquote, is supposed to make anyone feel better because it's it's bullshit anyway. So like why does it matter that it's free or not? It's 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 incorrect, inaccurate health information. If she's going to have that argument, you could look at people who's anti-vax people. I know their consequences are way more severe, but there needs to be liability for people who are speaking to the press. Like you need to speak the truth. 
what 100% as a as a as a ethical uh, strategic communicator and public relations professional, that's exactly what I would have advised her. But like, now you're just making shit up and you're making not only yourself look bad, but the company. Mm-hmm. And that shit pisses me off. Be ethical. But no, of course, she's in it for the money. So other issues with its nutty ass products that have gone public were these NASA stickers. The company um, had begin began selling a set of, quote, healing stickers that said they were made of materials originally developed for NASA. Um, unfortunately, they're actually just uh, mylar, which is a common polyester that the, the the manufacturer called Body Vibes claims is programmed with frequencies derived from Gregorian monks' chants. Hmm. Okay, so they're saying that these NASA stickers had this crazy-ass healing property from these monks. Okay, and that's what they claimed. Come on. So they got in trouble for that, and they had to take that down, obviously, because that was bullshit. And the last little legal thing I'm going to get into is the infamous vagina-scented candle. She was sued over that because- She was sued for that? mm -hmm, Allegedly, one of them exploded. Exploded? Mm -hmm. The JJ smell all over your house? Oh, God. I don't want your JJ candle no more. (laughs) I don't want that veggie. I don't want that shit no more. Okay. Anyway, so so that was one of her other legal. Explode? How did it explode? Who knows what the what the hell? Can you imagine you lit a candle and it just exploded? And that it smelled like dirty puss. I don't think it smells like that. I think she like her head is so far up her ass that she thinks she has like a nice smelling vajayjay, and so she probably made so far up her own puss. And she made a scent, and it probably smells like apples and lilacs. And no, it doesn't smell like that down there, GP. Oh, my gosh. Well, to your earlier point, you would think that this bad press would make the company suffer or redirect its fucking messaging. Uh, no. Instead, they got their own goddamn Netflix series that you've watched called Oh, I got sucked in. Oops. Sorry. Um, My bad. And it got just 30% reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, well, I must have terrible taste because I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like my I like my occasional reality show. What can I say? Listen, you did put me on to Selling Sunset. I'll give you credit for that. And you're going to watch this now. You got to. I, I, I have to they have one for They have this. a new one that just came out. And I knew there was a lot of controversy about the fact that Netflix signed another deal with her. But it's about like she I guess it has to do with like couples and their sexual relationship. Hmm. I wanted to watch it one night, and Corey was like, hell no, we're not watching this. <laughs> I was like, it sounds you, interesting, I'd watch though. that with you. So again, not only do they have this bullshit Goop Labs net, uh, Netflix series, apparently now they're having another one that you mentioned about couples and their sex lives, which actually sounds kind of fucking interesting, not going to lie. But she also has a podcast. And of course, she launched the very first episode with Oprah. So you know that she's going to get downloads. Oh, Oprah was on it? Uh-huh. Her very first guest. And so it's called The Goop Podcast. And on the website, it claims already having 30 million uh, downloads. Damn. Goals. So this bitch <laughs> is like really raking it in with this brand. And she did try to distance herself a little bit from Goop. Um, she's no longer the CEO. She's not? Mm-mm. Oh, I thought that was like the whole thing is that it's her thing. Well, it's because she's she started it, right? And her name is such a celebrity powerhouse mm-hmm. that she's always going to be associated with it no matter what. Yeah. 
but that shit didn't work for her. So as we know, we're, she's still associated with, with this shit. Here's what's even scarier for me, though, is uh, for women who are into wellness, because the messaging, as we were discussing, is so fucking good. Okay, this is what it says on its website, what it promises us. Mm-hmm. Quote, we take a curious, open-minded, and service-centric approach to the work we do. We ask questions about all of it. We believe that people can take what serves them and leave what doesn't. We recommend that we we recommend what we love and what we think is worthy of your time and wallet. We value your trust above all things. End quote. So, what, not knowing any of the history and the pseudoscience, that sounds pretty fucking good, right? Yeah, like, I'd sign up for that. Mm-hmm. It, it's it sounds empowering. As we know, though, it's so hypocritical. And, you know, one example I have is recently listening to the Quit Like a Woman book on Audible. She references there was like a big like. We talked about this in the last episode that she had an event and it was sponsored by vodka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. Okay, well, alcohol is omnipresent as we know in our society, but like for a company that's supposed to be a wellness brand being sponsored by a vodka, mm, not a good look either. So I have a confession. Ah. So when I watched Goop, I kind of wanted to work there. <laughs> oh, no. Why? Because it, sounds- it seemed cool like to test, try, like what they do is like they go out and try like all these different health routines, practices. So they really do practice on their people? Or tests on their people? Well. Holy shit. That I don't know. Just an SNL joke. Oh my God. I thought it, honestly, I should be, maybe, I don't know if I should be ashamed, but I kind of watching it was like, I would totally be into this and I would like to work there. It was probably just because it was oh, like. Oh no, you're getting sucked in. You would feel like this if you watched the show. Okay, I'll let you know. It's probably production 101. They did a great job, but it seemed glamorous and fun because I like, I like learning about how I can be more healthy. And I was like, that would be totally up my alley. I don't agree with all this crazy job for Goop. What (laughs) I said? Are you gonna leave your job for LA? Go to Goop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't know if I should be ashamed to admit this, but if she did call me and offer me a job, I would take it. Uh, Don't be ashamed. Do you, boo boo? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow calls me. I'm not saying no. Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even hesitate. Oh my god. No, of course. I know you're bashing her, but I'm here sitting. Yeah, I would work there. No, it probably pay it's, well too. I think she has. I don't know. I draw the line always between intent and not. Like, I just for me, it's about not walking the line of like if you're gonna claim to be empowering women. Fucking but she em- may feel. I don't know. You, I mean, I also wouldn't want to do something corrupt, but maybe I could be there and be like, hey, Gwyneth, that jade egg is bullshit. Oh, yeah, because she's going to listen to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Amy. Yeah. Amy Holt, by the way. Had- well, okay, this scenario is not happening anyway. We're dreaming about Gwyneth Paltrow calling me and offering me a job. Oh, my God. Listen, I watch it happens next the week. target market person, because she, I would be the one sitting there and be like, this is BS, this is BS. You just said you loved it. I don't like the idea of jade egg, but there is other things in her business I thought was interesting. So they would go and like try to figure out like, oh, is this Reiki? Does it do anything? Does it make you feel better? Uh, What's that drug I can never say? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Does it really heal your childhood traumas? I find that stuff interesting. Oh, yeah. Like alternative ways of caring about yourself. Yeah, alternative meds. I don't like the fact that she turns around and if she, they probably don't even really buy it, that they turn around and sell it to people. But I find the whole idea of like trying different things out. I mean, I'll try different workouts, 
all sorts of stuff. I like trying new things. That's why I thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, I, I hear that part of it. And like, again, that part of the intent, I think, is good. Where we have an issue is that it's not medically backed up and that she's just shamelessly promoting this shit as if it does have health benefits. No, I think that's wrong, too. And that shit pisses me but off. I would work there. So Send she me, even uh, got flat from... Call. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I said, but I would work there. Give me a call. <laughs> GP, if you're listening. Amy Holt's number. <laughs> So outside the U.S., she even got flack from the National Health System in U.K. And they criticized the series and all of Whoop's misleading claims of, of their online products as ab- abhorrent and even um, called those close behind it quacks, charlatans, and cranks. <laughs> not the worst thing to be charlatans. Ca- I mean, if I work there, that's not the worst thing I've ever been called. Um, what's the worst thing you've ever been called? I can't say it on recording. Well, this is not at- regulated by the FCC, so we can say <laughs> Actually, whatever the I don't fuck know. we want. I don't know what I've been called. It's the worst. I feel like, bitch, all those things are, like, shallow. It's more if someone says something about, like, your character. Yeah, That's when it hurts. Like, like you lazy. can call me anything under the book. I'm like, yeah, those are generic. You could call anyone that. It's when, when someone says something that, like, you're already sensitive about, then it really hurts your feelings. That was deep. I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. I definitely got called a dyke in uh, Old Snotsdale. What? Because <laughs> I have short hair. Well, because who the fuck called you a dyke? I'm going to kick your ass. Dyke, get to the back of the line. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, a bouncer said this to you? No, so Caitlin, my friend from home, came to visit and she was drunk and she just like walked into the club without waiting in line. I was like, oh, it's my friend. I like don't want to lose her. So I try to follow her and I know I was like kind of cutting the line and so this person... Turns to me, they're like, Dyke, get to the back of the line. Oh, my God. A dude or a chick? I can't remember. Oh, I'll th- Wow. I That's re- wrong on so many fucking levels, but like. I don't even really care. I thought it was kind of funny. Oh, my God. I People are, yeah, fucking Scottsdale. Well, you know what? They're the perfect market for dupe. Yeah, they are. They really are. Old Scottsdale. Um, so she got called out, obviously, in the U.S. and even in the U.K., but again, sadly, like so many things in our society, any press is good press. And that is seeming to be the case for Goop. It just it's it sucks because, again, it's attracting desperate women to these these things that don't work. But as the craze of Goop really, really got going, the Atlantic journalist named Amanda Mull went a little bit boss undercover style and did some secret shopping of Goop. So in her article, I gooped myself. I spent twelve hundred seventy nine bucks um, of the Atlantic's money on creams, crystals, and a vibrator from Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness empire. I didn't know she had a vibrator. Yeah, things got weird. Is the headline, and it's fantastic. So she chronicles Amanda Mull again, the journalist, <laughs> amazing writer. Um, she chronicles how the brand sucked her in as well, and so many other women. And ultimately, she really calls GP and Goop out. Amanda starts the piece by saying how one day she just reeked in her office. Like, not stinks, not a little B.O., fucking stank. Why? Um, And she's like, what the hell? What the hell? Trying to rack her brain. Like, what is it? It's not just deodorant. I don't just need a shower. This is like nasty. Yeah, like when you know you have to go home and shower. Turns out that morning... She had taken a vitamin, one of Goop's vit- vitamin packs called Balls in the Air, 
<laughs> of course. That's a great name it for it. It is kind of a funny name. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, but this mix is potent uh, of B-complex supplements with nearly 3,000 times the amount of recomm- the recommended dose of niacin and B12. I heard if after your body just rejects that stuff... Yeah, exactly. So it's probably what was causing emitting the smell. (laughs) Exactly. And so she she confirmed that too much uh, from her research and Googling, why the fuck do I smell? Yeah. She looked at the vitamin ingredients and was like, oh, shit. Too much of vitamin B can make you stank. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So despite her stankiness, Amanda continued her secret shopping spree and spent, again, almost $1,300. I bet she got like barely anything for that, too. Oh, well, she said she got so some scrunchies, candles, the vitamins that she took only one pack of because of the smelliness, and the vibrator. And that's it for $1,200? I think there's some other little trinkets in there as well that she wow. had tried, like facial creams that she actually liked. So you have to be very privileged to use her stuff. Exactly. Which is, again, another prong of the fucking whole problematic scenario with the brand. So at the end of the day, I mean, she calls it out as total bullshit and like, not only that, but she, speaking of body standards, the store that she went to in Manhattan had like all these black lined cars at the front for these wealthy celebrities and rich people and women and two little like blonde sorority girls were their, her cashiers, of course. And they tried assisting her out to her car, assuming that one of the black Audis was hers. No, of course it wasn't. In the store though, she was saying how, think of like any like, Scottsdale Boutique or like Rodeo Drive, like fancy schmancy shit. All the clothes, even though they advertise for large women or plus size, excuse me, women were all like skinny mini clothes. Oh, okay. I, that no surprised. average woman could wear. Yeah. And so bullshit there too. Mm-hmm. And she calls her right out on that. But essentially, oh, the vibrator was the funniest story. Speaking of, it didn't work. It didn't come with batteries. And she describes the story of her like looking around her house for fucking batteries. After she finally found her batteries in the middle of the night, unclear of whether or not she actually tested the product. I'm sure she but did. But after that, um, she said she couldn't turn it off and she had to muffle it in her sheets <laughs> because it wouldn't turn off. She did say a few of the creams she loved. But for the most part, everything else was all inflated and just really well marketed, unfortunately. To wrap it all up, again, this is my theory. And and this is a quote from the, that Atlanta article by Amanda Mole. But when a company spreads misinformation and promises health benefits, it becomes an ethical question. Should we, quote, open a dialogue or take advantage of consumers, end quote? I think t- she's taking advantage of customers. Exactly. And again, it's really sad when... So many wellness companies really do this. And uh, peace be witches. Peace. Music, Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from PremiumBeat.com. Podcast edited and produced by Krista Hins and Amy Holt.